Okay, people, welcome back to the Boostly podcast. This is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, the training, and most importantly, the confidence so you can go out there and get yourselves more direct bookings. We do a mini series on this podcast where we dive behind a successful and interesting host. And sometimes we welcome them back as well to give us an update. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We've got the amazing Josh Goldstein. He is all the way from California in the USA. And we had him on last year where we were talking about various aspects of short-term rental challenges and things like that. He mentioned he had started a, a fund and uh, we're getting an update on what he's been doing and also things which are, are going on in his world. So I'm really excited to uh, dive into his world again and um, yeah, share with you that update. So welcome along, Josh. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. No worries. So there'll be several people listening to this for the first time. So can you give yourself an introduction to you and your business and where your properties are located? Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I basically started learning um, about real estate, I don't know, probably 2017 and dove into podcasts and books and webinars and started going to meetups and, you know, as much as I could. And and I was in analysis paralysis for a while um, and brought me around, uh, you know, I did actually make some several offers, but backed out over minuscule amounts of money, um, which I learned now may not, may not have been the best choice, but it's okay with my dream. Then in, in 2020, I pulled the trigger on my first properties, which are with long-term rental uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. But then shortly after that, I found the short-term shop with Avery and listened to her podcast on Bigger Pockets and kind of contacted her and started buying cabins in Smoky Mountains, Tennessee, and kind of grew to a portfolio of 11 short-term rentals, five of which are still being renovated, um, which I'm very close to being done. And that's exciting because I want to get those off the plane of sucking money versus gaining money. Um, and then I have nine long-term rentals. And then the newest addition is, as you mentioned, the fund, we actually acquired a hotel, which is 76 Keys in Bentonville, Arkansas. So that's a different process and different things to look for and, and kind of different strategies, but it's, it's, it's fun and, and yeah, much bigger. Um, so it's, it's nice to grow. I mean, that's amazing. And I, I'd forgot myself like how much you've got going on, which which is amazing. So I'm sure everybody else enjoys that update. And there's so much learnings that we can take from each and every part of that portfolio and the journey so far. But the the one thing as well that I'd like to draw people's attention to is what what you did before this is um it's an interesting sort of career that you've had before this as well. And uh yeah, you use past tense, but I, I actually still currently do it. So I'm a producer, I do commercials mainly, but I've done some movies, I've done some documentaries, I've done tons of music videos, um, TV show I worked on a long time ago, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a job I really like. So I'm not the investor that's looking to get out of his job. It's more I want to supplement and since I'm freelance, be able to say no to, you know, however many projects in a row and go on a trip with my with my family and um, have a little bit more freedom. So that was kind of the ultimate goal for me. And um you know, I love it and have been growing um, and trying to push it as much as possible. So we'll see where it leads. But um, as of now, I'm not looking at uh, stopping my current job because I do actually enjoy it quite a bit. That's really cool. Really nice to hear. So what we'll concentrate on is your uh, the journey that you've gone on because you, you've gone from that uh, that first property, as you mentioned, 
what has led to the changes in then going, well, hang on, if we get a fund together and then let's go for a hotel instead of just sticking short-term rental, what, what's the aspiration behind that? Well, with everything that we learned and, and my three other business partners, we each came from short-term rentals. Some of my other business partners have done boutique hotels before. Um, we wanted to create something where other investors could join in. It's also a bit of an education thing if they do want to be involved and like look over our shoulders a little bit and ask questions and have access to all four of us. It's a thing that they could do and kind of learn hotels on their own because it is different. Um, there's similarities for sure. You're in the customer service business, but it's a different asset. So you have to treat it differently. You can't, I mean, I guess if it's small enough, you could treat it as individual rooms and, and Airbnb, you know, short-term rental, direct booking, however you're going to list it. But it's 76 keys. So that's, you know, someone on site all the time, cleaning people on site all the time, maintenance people on site all the time. Um, and the systems are totally different. Right now, we're in a franchise agreement with Wyndham. And it was in that agreement when we bought the hotel. We negotiated at the purchase that we would keep it for 12 months. And we already in the purchase paid out the cancellation costs because if you break a franchise, there's going to be cancellation costs. So after 12 months, it gets broken because we've already paid it. And then we can renovate and rebrand it as our own, use our own systems. Right now, we have to use the internal Wyndham booking systems and stuff like that. So um, right now, we're a little bit handcuffed. But I got to say, it's a budget hotel. It's booked all the time. It's still making money. So it's not that bad. Like from day one, we just took over the systems that were already in place and started making money. And we fixed up some things. So we're like spending the money on the hotel and improving it. But the real change is going to come when we break that franchise and kind of improve the rooms and make it more than a low budget stay. Nice. What What is the plans, if you don't mind me asking, then how is, sure. uh, how is things going to change? Yeah. So right now, um, it's a it's a micro tell by Wyndham. And I don't know if you or the audience is familiar with that, but it's, you know, it's it's just a very basic uh, hotel room with not many amenities and there's not much design. You kind of have to stick within the box that they tell you, this is the furniture you can buy from us or from our, you know, like our dealers and stuff like that. Um, whereas, you know, we're, we come from short-term rentals and we like to push the limit of design. We like good furniture. We like a little bit more luxurious things. So we're not allowed to do that with the current rooms, even though we do, we did take a couple of rooms offline and we're doing test renovations. And so basically what that means is we'll go in there and we're going to design it how we, we see all the rooms are going to look. And that's, you know, maybe a design wall on the back. And we did do it. We did like wood slats behind the bed. We did nicer beds. We took out the carpet. We put in LVP. We're updating the bathrooms. We're updating the furniture so that when you go in there, yes, still the same box, still the same structure, which is not that old of a building. So structurally, it's fine. It's just the look of it is not great. But now when you go into these new, newly renovated rooms, you you know, people will be a little bit more wowed when the picture, when they look at the pictures, when they look at the overall thing, they'll be a little bit, you know, more wowed. And on top of that, we're going to start to bring some amenities. We have extra land on, um, you know, around the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And so we've discussed building some pickleball courts. Um, we've added, you know, a breakfast bar 
uh, where you know guests can come down and 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 participate in you know better breakfast than you know like I think they had like a little grab and go section, but we're we're improving that. We're gonna do a little area for food trucks. We're just gonna make it more appealing and kind of the overall experience just elevate it so that we could charge more and boost the value of the entire asset. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. How did you decide on that particular hotel? Was there many you looked at overall or was it one that as soon as you sort of come across it, you're like, hey, this could be this could be the one? We were looking at a lot. Um, two of our partners live in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is where it is. And if you know about that area or if you don't know about that area, it's the headquarters of Walmart. And the growth in that town is it's bonkers. It's um, it's almost like they they compare it to a young Austin. Like, didn't you wish to invest in Austin 10, 15 years ago? Right. That's kind of their their mentality. And the reason why is the family members of Walmart in their will, they have to invest a certain percentage of their wealth back into the city of Bentonville. So by doing that, you know, Alice Walton is, who's one of the daughters who's, who's, you know, she's older now, like Sam Walton had passed away quite a, quite some time ago. I think she's in her seventies. She's worth, I think 55, $60 billion and she loves art. So she built the most phenomenal art museum. It's, you know, it's like over a billion dollar project. I've went, walked through it. It's amazing. And it's like a world-class museum. And then another son loves mountain biking. So he decided to create like a mountain biking Mecca in the nice. city. So the trails there are phenomenal. And now like all the hotels, you know, there's bike storage, there's bike rental places, there's you know, like all these different things that like a mountain biker who jumps into the town can go, whether they bring their own bike or they rent a bike, it's all set up for them. They call themselves the mountain biking capital of the world. And, you know, I've rented bikes there before and it's so much fun and they make it easy. It's just like they have novice trails, they have medium, they have hard and it's awesome. And they're connecting all their surrounding cities with biking trails. So you don't actually even need to get into a car. And, and at this point, you know, there's still a lot of undeveloped areas, right? But the center of Bentonville is getting very developed in terms of like really nice houses. They still have a very small town square that's cute and, you know, like charming, but around it are multi-million dollar mansions. And then you spread out a little bit more then it gets a little bit more typical Southern and it's cheaper prices and whatnot. But the town over, which is Rogers, is also developing quite a bit where you're starting to see the nicer coffee shops and the nicer renovated you know houses and stuff like that and our hotel is almost in between bentonville and, and rogers we're on the edge of bentonville so it's still a bentonville address but rogers is up here so i feel like the growth is going to meet in the middle where our hotel is and so with that growth it's just gonna you know in 10 years i can't even imagine what what it's gonna look like it's 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 kind of crazy there
That sounds exciting. Do you know what I love about that is the fact that they're making their town, one, the initiative that the town's got to say, hey, reinvest back into the town, which is fantastic. I think there's something which we need to see across many towns across the globe. But the other thing is that all of these awesome things that they're putting in place, which is then drawing crowds of people to come and visit, the growth is obviously going to be there. And the fact that you and your business partners have thought about this, and that's why you're investing in there. It goes to show that once you've identified the markets which are growing in places where you can see the demand, it is then just finding the property that fits the the criteria, isn't it? So um, that's that's amazing to see. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're, do, they're doing some fun things like they're doing um, music festivals and part of the music festivals will have a film festival and and they're bringing in big names because they have the Walton family behind them. <laughs> they're spending a lot of money to attract the great talent. And they're, and and that's how they kind of see themselves in Walmart too. If they're going to attract the high level executives, the best talent to come and work for them, they need to create a town with the best schools, with great hospitals, with great, you know, amenities, hotels, restaurants, stuff like that. So they're developing all this stuff to attract high level talent and smart talent that w will be willing to move there. Well, they say uh, rising tide floats all ships, and that sounds that's exactly what's what's happening there. Is they yeah, invest more there, more businesses and more people flock there, which which means opportunities for everyone, doesn't it? So uh, that's amazing to hear. I mean, overall, this sounds like an amazing uh, sort of pivot within the business. When you look back to when you got your first rental, would this, what would that person say to you right now about? how far you've come in the short time. I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking long. How many years has it been? Uh, I mean, I got my first long-term rental 2020 and then the short-term rental was January, 2020. Then the short-term rental was the day everything shut down, like March, 2020. So it, it's been, you know, three years. Three years. Wow. Wow. To, to be done. I, I think that person, you know, like I definitely dream big and I, I take action to, to kind of follow that up. If, I would have told myself back then that in three years I'd own a Porsche of a hotel. I, I, I mean, that wasn't even in the scope. I think at that time I was just thinking, Hey, I'm going to build small. Like one of the things that was hard for me to get past was in the long-term rental game. When I'm analyzing these deals, if I'm netting a hundred, two hundred dollars a month, that was hard for me to get over, you know, because a hundred dollars a month, extra a month. I mean, it's great, but it's not changing my life yeah. at all, unfortunately, you know, but the thing that I tweaked my mindset and how I got over that and what made me pull the trigger and then led me onto this path of accelerating my, my, my cash flow with short-term rentals and, you know, moving it past that is, okay, if I'm getting a hundred bucks a month in my mind, I would easily spend a subscription on like a streaming service or or something else without even thinking about it by spending $50, $100 a month. And I'm like, okay, well, if I start collecting these houses, I'm going to reverse the flow of me, you know, being easily just starting to spend that money, which I'm about a little bit better on that. But it was that plus thinking about each one of these houses and these assets as a little bank account. So even though I'm getting only $100 in my bank account a month, the loan's being paid down the value is still there. So that's growing, even though it's not in my bank account, it's growing every month, every year. And the value hopefully is going up as well. 
So, you know, it's like, and, and then on top of it, the tax benefits and, and whatnot. So, so I think I had to mentally tweak myself past that hundred dollars a month to get to be able to take action and be more excited about it. That's kind of what started me that train down the, down the, Rail. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just two pounds, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the blueprint. And then for 101 marketing tactics, that is in the playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. What um, tips can you share? There'll be others listening to this just going, do you know what? I'd love to get into boutique hotels. I'd love to get into starting a fund. What tips can you share from your experience? Would you share with them uh, that may help them on their journey? Well, boutique hotels, I would say find people that are doing it and and learn from them. And And, you know, whether that's like a mentorship program or just someone that you know, someone, whatever, like, you know, some way to make a connection, whether it's through a meetup or, you know, like you don't have to spend money on it. I'm not saying go out and definitely get a mentor because they're good ones and not so good ones, whatever. There are definitely other ways to do it because there are meetups. There's free information out there. Just like I jumped into short-term rentals and didn't know anything about it. I went to meetups. I, I talked to people that did it. I didn't get a mentor. I listened to podcasts. I listened to webinars. So all that information is out there you know, go to the conventions because you're bound to find someone, whether there's a talk on it or just chatting at the meetups within the convention, you're going to find people that are doing it because boutique hotels, they operate differently. So just because you have like one or two cabins or, or houses that you're renting out short term doesn't mean it directly translates in. There's there's differences. You know, it's a, it's a different business, even though there are similarities. So I, th I think it's just find people that are actually doing it and get in with them and, and chat with them and, you know, see how they're doing it. 100%. You're, um, one of the differences you mentioned, and uh, by the way, you're, uh, you, you're inspiring to listen to, Josh, on the basis of, I, you know, I'd love to go and visit this, this town where this hotel is and putting yourself out there, you're getting opportunities back, which is very clear that, you're, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there to in the right place to accept these opportunities and create these connections and relationships with other people, which is amazing. One of the things that you mentioned was different is obviously the how they run between short-term rental to hotels. Is there a software difference particularly that you use or is there various different softwares compared to your short-term rentals versus your hotel? Absolutely. So, um, you know, in short-term rentals, I mean, obviously, Boostly helps people do direct booking sites, which I have, and that's maybe how we we initially connected and stuff like that. So there's that. There's Airbnb, there's Verbo, there's booking, and then there's property management softwares that manage all that sort of stuff. The difference with hotels is, well, at least for ours right now, we have to use Wyndham's software, which is not the greatest. We have no choice until the franchise is, is broken, but... It is what it is. They have their proprietary software. We're sticking with it until the franchise is broken. Once we break it, we're going to use a program. I, I think the one that we chose is going to be CloudBeds. So it's almost like a property management software, but it's more geared towards hotels. And, you know, there's differences. And, and, and 
my partner that does operate the hotel could get a little bit more into the weeds of like the exact differences, but you know, like you enter in how many keys you have, how many rooms you have at your hotel. And so you could even set like the staff that's there and which time. And so you could, you know, if people are checking out the, the cleaning staff knows when to go and, but they're already on, on, on site, but it's a, it's a way for them to track on their phone as well, because it pushes the information to them. Just like we have our property management software that pushes to our you know, cleaners that are anywhere in the country or the world, really. But this is all inclusive in a, into a hotel. So that's, I'd say that's the biggest difference in terms of uh, management software. That's cool. And uh, CloudBeds was the one that was coming to my mind for hotels. Many people that we know in the industry use CloudBeds. And like you say, yeah, it's, just, it's just a different type of software compared to a standard PMS, isn't it, for many yeah. short-term rentals. So that's really cool. And thank you for, for sharing that. What, what sure. does the future hold then? I know um, we've not had a huge amount of time today to discuss <laughs> all the different aspects of your business, but what does the future hold for your business, Josh? Well, as I mentioned, I am uh, finishing up a renovation of five cabins that are all on one um, piece of property. I'm very close to finishing it. So I really want to push to get that up and running and, and actually make money on that. Once I recover from all those renovation costs, I'm going to, you know, search around for either more hotels, whether that's within the fund or just personally and more short-term rentals. And, and to be honest, I still like long-term rentals. I still have my properties in Kansas city because I kept building that as I was bu buying short-term rentals because as I'm actively working on the hotel and the and the short-term rentals and the renovations of the short-term rentals, whatever, the Kansas City ones, once they're up and running, and I I I just recently switched my property manager and she's fantastic. So I'm super happy about that. It makes it so much easier because it's almost on autopilot. I, you know, like you still have to check in, you still have to stay on top of things, but my property manager is doing the bulk of that. And it's amazing. And the money just keeps coming in. So I would not mind building that portion of my business as well. I love it. What resources would you suggest to people? You, you mentioned, you know, there's people, there's podcasts, there's maybe books. What resources would you suggest to people listening to go and check out that's helped you along your journey? I mean, I started, well, I think the first book I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was like a big light bulb over my head saying, hey, Classic. you know, how, how have you not thought of this before kind of mentality? But then once I was trying to get into the weeds and actually learn how to do it, it was bigger pockets. Once I fell into bigger pockets, you know, I joined the community. They have now multiple podcasts. When I first started listening, it was just the main one. But listen to the podcast. They have webinars all the time. They have BPCon once a year, which is huge. And they have so many talks and, and different experts in all the different fields that you could potentially be interested in. Um, the one thing I would suggest is everyone's going to be doing something different. And that doesn't mean that you need to do the same as everyone else. Pick what feels right for you and what your personality is and what you think will be the best version of what you bring to the industry. And, you know, like earlier, I said, I, I produce commercials and that's almost like a customer service industry where I'm making sure that the client's happy and the agency's happy and the director is getting what he wants out of what we're making. It relates to short-term rentals a lot. So my transition into that and dealing with guests and, and contractors and whatnot 
was almost seamless because there's a lot of similar similarities there. So it worked well for me, but for someone else, it might not be. And I know other people that like, I tell them the things that I do and they're like, you know what, that sounds great, but I couldn't deal with that. And so that's either you're bringing on a co-host or a property manager and you're not dealing with it, or you're picking another asset, which is, there's no wrong answer. There's just so many ways to make money within the real estate investing community. So you just need to pick the ones that's right for you. So true. And so many people worry about, you know, oh, this person's already doing this, or this person's already, you know, using that area or, or trying that strategy. But the, the trouble is that when you first start to uncover a lot of these strategies and you listen to amazing podcasts like Bigger Pockets, you're under this impression that everything's kind of been done before. And to a degree it has, but the one mm -hmm. thing that's different is you, isn't it? You're, you're, the, you're bringing your own experiences to the table, your own uh, preferences. You'll perhaps go to a different area with a, a different strategy. And ultimately there's a lot of opportunity, isn't there? And, and there's a lot of information available to go out and, uh, and apply into the real world so you can uh, change your life and, and create wealth from uh, from short-term and long-term rental. So, uh, well, and, and speak, speaking of that, it's like if you hear someone that's doing something and it really speaks to you, it's okay to follow their blueprint as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I did that to a certain degree and that's kind of how I grew, but it's like, it's okay. It's like, like you said, all this stuff has, has been done before. It's just how you apply it to your own version. But it's like, you could look at other successful people and be like, I want to mimic that. And you can. And the great thing is in the end, it becomes a um, sort of soup of, of everybody else's kind of like techniques with your own personality mixed in. And that becomes your own blueprint in the long run, doesn't it? Which is, which is cool. So cool. yeah, I've really enjoyed this, Josh. This has been a fantastic update uh, for, for everybody listening. How can we find out more? How can we come and check out your brand, um, or come follow you on your socials. What would you like to sure. promote on Instagram? Uh, bunkhouse worldwide is, uh, my company name and the handle email. Uh, it's Josh at bunkhouseworldwide.com. And yeah, I mean, Instagram is probably the best way to kind of follow along, um, progress of things as soon as I finish that, I'll be posting some more updates about that. And, um, yeah, you could reach out via email and let me know if you have any questions or comments or whatever. Cool. Thank you so much. And thank you too for listening to this on the Boostly podcast. I know there's a lot of places you can put your attention. I really thank you for putting it with us. Please do share this with uh, friends and family who would like to listen to this. And um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we're about to call it a day. But before we do, uh, Josh, we normally end with a mantra or a saying, but I know we've got that from your first one. So instead, what I'd love to ask is, what advice would you go back and give yourself, you know, at the start of your journey? Don't be afraid to take action. And ultimately I did actually do it, but it took me quite some time to do it. So I, you know, it's like jumping in is not a bad thing. And, and I know it's scary, but action is the best way to progress. So what a great way to, uh, to bring it to a close. Thank you very much, Josh. And we'll see you on the next one.